How often have you sat in on presentations where you wish you could pull out your phone or computer to do your own thing, but then you resist mainly because your boss is watching? What if it doesn't have to be like that? What if the presentation was so engaging that you wouldn't even think of reaching for your device? On the other hand, how often have you been preparing for a presentation and were nervous about not being able to captivate and persuade your audience? What if you were equipped with a universal, well-proven formula for sustaining your audience's attention? Hello, my name is Ivana. Before I dive in, I just want to thank you for listening. For my returning users, thanks for giving me the number of chances you've given me so far. For my first-time listeners, who are here to get advice, it's often a challenge to admit that you need help with anything. So I applaud you for your willingness to learn, and I hope I can answer questions. Now, let's dive into the show. More often than not, presentations are boring, which is why most meetings have never exactly rocked your world. But think about how much time you spend in meetings each week. Are you playing that scene in your head? The one where the camera is focused on you zoning out among your colleagues, muted voices with the piercing sad instrumentals for background music. The camera zooms out to reveal that you're located in one room, among many, in a huge building, which we also soon realize is only one of many in the heart of the city. How can we make these extensive chunks of time less life-sucking? At the heart of the problem is the issue of persuasion. Most presentations are informative and presented like a report. However, the goal of your presentation is for your audience to do something at the end of your presentation. Yes, you need to persuade your audience to hear you out and follow through with the call to action. Persuasion. It's not my favorite. I've had my fair share of regrets, trusted in people who sold me products that were full of crap. So whenever I pick up the slightest hint of someone trying to sell me a product, an idea, or anything, my tendency is to be wary. It takes more conscious effort for me to remain open-minded. But it helps to remember that I've got to do it if I want to learn. According to George Bernard Shaw, progress is impossible without change, and those who cannot change their minds cannot change anything. I was working on a letter to send to potential sponsors for this podcast. A lot of my letter imitates the format of a presentation. I state my intentions, introduce myself, talk about what I'm working on, tell them about my goals, and impress them with analytics. I'm trying to convince them that what I do is important and is a good investment, but it's hard. I've yet to know who I'm writing to. Most students brush it off, but having been a student myself and a teacher who has made this mistake before, knows that most of the students are just putting up a front when their former teachers forget their names. At my last teaching position, one of my fellow colleagues was my former middle school teacher. At our first meeting as colleagues, I thought it was a good idea to test if he could recognize me. Rookie mistake. Maybe the last name would ring a bell? Nothing. It's been more than 10 years, so it's understandable. When I finally told him that I had him in middle school in which year I graduated, his desperation to draw a name was painted all over his face. I couldn't help but feel a little disappointed. To be fair, I never really stood out as a student neither in academics nor in personality. As a middle school teacher, it was a challenge to learn over a hundred names at a time. There's no memory trick for me. I didn't have the list of students I'd be teaching until close to the start of the school year, and being new to the school, I really just didn't know my students. 
All I had were their names, so I held on to those. I made sure I addressed them by their names at every exchange I had with them. As I had briefly mentioned in my latest newsletter, I recently watched a webinar featuring Nancy Duarte, best-selling author and CEO of Duarte, an agency over at Silicon Valley that specializes in conveying good storytelling in presentations. Nancy of Resonate says you have to know your audience. In her book, she references the acknowledgement of different audiences in Ronald Reagan's speech in response to the Space Shuttle Challenger accident. At the beginning of the year of 1986, briefly after its launch, the Space Shuttle Challenger caught on fire and the whole world watched as seven lives ended before everyone's eyes. The President of the United States at the time was Ronald Reagan, and he gave a speech that addressed his audience. Who was listening? Who was he talking to? He had to segment his audience because he was talking to the mourners, families of the fallen, school children, Soviet Union, and NASA. Maybe you're aiming for a job. You blast out your resume to a number of places and hear back from a couple for an interview. They always tell you to know who you are interviewing for. Go on their website, check out their mission statement, figure out their goals. However, what we don't always find out until we're working there is who the people are and if they're all working towards the same mission you thought the organization stands on. Point is, the people make up the organization more than their reputation, and whatever is written on their website, do not hesitate to dig for information on the work culture. Find people who've worked there before, recent enough so that it's less likely the work culture has changed too much, and long enough where they're no longer biased in their personal reasons for leaving. Schedule a meeting over a cup of coffee and ask about their former workplace. After identifying your audience, you have to find common ground. How many times have we had friends going, uh-huh, uh-huh, through your talking, and you know you'll completely lose them once those shifty eyes drift towards some silent notification on their phone. Or maybe, unlike me, you don't force through anyway, but know to change the topic with what's going on with you. You try to better understand what your audience's interests are, where their top values and concerns are, so you can find that overlap. Ronald Reagan canceled his State of the Union address because of the tragedy of the Space Shuttle Challenger. He began the speech with the commonality, we know we share this pain with all of the people of our country. This is truly a national loss. How do you build engaging interactions, bring life to your meetings and presentations, and talk so others will want to listen? Two things. Know your audience and focus on the common ground. Find out where their values and interests are, and then make sure to focus on what matters to you and your audience. You can build common ground in your presentations by highlighting shared experiences and goals. For example, when I was student teaching in a fourth grade class, my most captivating lesson was one with Clash of Clans characters. I knew how many of my students were into that game. Additionally, you can empathize with your audience by acknowledging sacrifice and risk. It could be as simple as thanking them for being present in this shared time and space. If you think the world deserves better conversations and presentations, please spread the word by sharing this episode. I'm Ivana, and I'll be back soon with more adventures from A Writer's Journey. <laughs>